In today's competitive e-commerce environment, it's never been more important to earn and maintain the trust of your customers. Merchant Fraud Journal's To Catch a Fraudster podcast is supported by SIFT, the leader in digital trust and safety. SIFT empowers companies to stop fraud and grow without risk. Visit SIFT.com assessment to schedule a consultation with SIFT's trust and safety architects. Industry experts who have decades of fraud fighting experience at companies like Facebook, Square, and Google. They'll help create a custom plan for your business with an emphasis on technology, organizational structure, and process. Visit sift.com slash assessment today. And we're live. Beatrice, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. I'm super happy to be here, Bradley. It's very nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too, and we're happy to have you. So please tell everyone who you are, who you represent, where you come from, and then we'll jump sure. right in. Hello, guys. My name is Bia. Uh, I'm an engineer here in ClearSale. We are a Brazilian security company, and I've been working here for around three years. ClearSale is a 20-year-old company. Um, we have different solutions all related to cybersecurity and fraud. So we protect people all over the world, but we are based in Brazil and I currently live in Sao Paulo. Awesome. So it's very nice to be here and talking to you. Awesome. And yeah, so anyone who doubts that we we do not script these in advance, your Zoom here says Beatriz, which is why I pronounced your name that way, but it's just Bia now I'm learning. So I apologize for that right off the bat. We're off to a good start. It's going to be a good episode. No problem everyone. at all. No worries. <laughs> so, so what we're here to discuss, I'm really fascinated by this because it's something totally new and something I hadn't really seen or thought about before. Brand fraud. Why don't you take everyone just through the concept of what what this means, what it is, and then we can kind of go down the rabbit hole after that. Sure. Well, um, once you have a company, the first thing you do is decide your name, who you're going to be, right? How your customers are going to see your company. So you worry about creating a logo, a website, the name of your company, and wow. Years go by, you have a reputation, you have your clients, they know you, they recognize the, the, the logo of your brand, the name of your brand. So once you're very successful, what happens? The fraudsters get jealous. They want to use this brand that you took so many hours and a lot of money to create, and they are going to steal it. So basically, brand abuse is when someone else that doesn't have your permission uh, use your brand for their own good. And this means that they're probably stealing money either from you or for your clients, your suppliers, well, anyone that would believe that this is your actual company and pay bills, well, uh, send money and any other uh, personal data. Basically, that's what brand abuse means. So they're impersonating your entire company essentially. Exactly. With, exactly. And I assume some of the ways that this goes on is things like you, you kind of alluded to false invoices, um, opening bank accounts, possibly credit lines, I would think is maybe something else you're seeing. But yeah, that's, these are very good examples, but also uh, profiles on social media, uh, fake promotions, fake products like counterfeit. 
and anything that would make someone believe that's you and give away their money. So in the release or in the, the discussion we had on uh, over email, you said that there was more than $6 billion worth of losses to this type. So I'm curious kind of where you're seeing the most impact. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't expect you to break down that number uh, in detail, but just give me some of the big categories that you're seeing where companies are losing out um, or sure. consumers are losing out. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, unfortunately, brand abuse happens in many different segments. So we see these scams in financial companies and retail and services. It happens in big or small brands. But mostly uh, the financial services are the most affected one because the fraudsters have an easier way to request for uh, financial information. So once they create a fake website that it's called a phishing scam, they request your, um, your, cyber, your security number, your password, or other information that would make them get into your account. So it's an easy way in. But also, other segments also have this problem uh, because once you believe that's a retail website, you give you also give your login and your password. So the fraudster will get into your account and buy products with your uh, payment information that is already there. So all these segments, they have losses, putting together uh, direct money that they lose in these examples that I just gave you. But also, indirectly, when we talk about trust, um, about how your clients see your company and if they are going to buy with you again. So this is um, a loss that gets into every segment. But retail, especially, and especially in America, is the most affected um, in numbers, in, in volume of scams. So you have an idea. Amazon is the leader of the world's um, phishing attacks. <laughs> so most most websites are pretending to be Amazon and they want to get users log in so they can get into the account. Um, yeah, and- I, I, I think I was actually a victim of this two days ago. Oh, Bradley, also, I'm so sorry. Which what is, happened? Wait, well, it's funny because I run this podcast, but so here's what happened. I, and I think I actually saved myself because I've been in this space so long. So I have my telecom provider and I set up with, um, I just changed. I had one and I changed to another one last month. And usually I set up the auto pay, right? You get the discount, you don't have to worry about it, whatever, I set it up. So I got a text message that was like, hey, your bill isn't paid. And go, you know, go here. And I was like, that's weird. I always set up the auto pay, right? So I'm like, all right. Now you would think, it my training did kick in, but it kicked in after the fact. Like I clicked on the thing on the the link, and I went and I logged in, and I then it, I saw like it didn't nothing was really, you know whatever. I I think it asked me for my password. I put it in whatever, and I was looking, and then it said there was an error or something, and I was like, wait a second. And I was like, oh my god, I'm yeah. such an idiot. So I jumped into my actual. Like I went through the channel, which is the best practice. Like I went into my telecom app that I know is legitimate and I went through 
and I checked and it said, you don't have any, there's no balance due, you know, you, you, you have mm-hmm. auto pay enabled. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I actually fell for this. So I went in and I changed all my password. Now I've said many times on this program, I use a, a, a password manager. So I know also mm-hmm. sometimes they hope that they get someone who uses the same password across multiple accounts that, it, that Definitely. Is all my, all my passwords are 30 characters or whatever auto generated by my, my password app. But I jumped in and I changed, you know, I took off the security question and I changed all this stuff and it, it was quite, um, I guess humbling is the words considering that I've worked here for worked in this industry for 10 years that, yeah, you're just in the middle of the day, you're working, you're doing stuff. And this is all the stuff we talk about all the time, right? It, there's urgency. People know it's the middle of the day, you're doing stuff. You're going to get this message, say, what the heck is this? Like, let me mm-hmm. check this out really quick in between meetings or whatever you're doing um, because you don't want the oh, ding Bradley. on your credit score. Yeah. Right. That you I'm so sorry that. for you. I mean, yeah. you shouldn't That's- be because I should know better. Right. So please don't, <laughs> oh. don't pity me. Right. So, but it is, it's, it's, it's very insidious. And when I, I, so then, because then I was curious, I went back and I clicked on the, the link that they had sent again. And I looked mm-hmm. in the, in the bar, the domain, you know, mm-hmm. the domain. And you could see, like we always say, it's like one letter, like one letter off, like just like, you know, just one letter different and all this stuff. So I was kind of, I was both embarrassed for myself, humbled, and also thought it was kind of cool in the sense that I've never had that happen to me before. So I felt like, oh, mm-hmm. I've joined the party, you know, like I've, I've, I've had this phishing attack, like this attack against me. So yeah, um, statistically, it took a while to get to you. Because yeah, it really did. The amount of phishing scams uh, like, related to the amount of people yeah, well technically i know i was like it's about time somebody finally uh-huh. somebody finally got to me and like and then <laughs> when i changed the the passwords and i changed everything i did get a text from verizon but it came from a different number because uh-huh. the other one was not really verizon um and it was like you know your passwords changed if this wasn't you let us know like la 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 and i uh-huh. was like man so for for about 60 so seconds about 60 seconds there, a fraudster had access to my account. So, uh, yeah, but you did the, the right thing. So, um, I'm happy that you were aware in a short time and nothing happened. <laughs> but this, this happens to literally anyone. Uh, let me give an example. My head of cybersecurity fell into a scam. <laughs> so, it was the most ridiculous thing ever. He was trying to uh, get a reservation for uh, Valentine's Day on a nice restaurant. So he searched for the restaurant online, clicked on the, the first um, link that was there at Google. So the first thing, it was actually an ad. And he g- gave away his information to create uh, an access and paid like um, $50 for a table. But when he got into the restaurant and got his um, his name with the person and the the well, he was searching for his table. They said, oh, you fell into a scam. We, we don't do this. So actually, we do not have any more tables today and get out of here. So he was there with his, uh, his fiance wow. out on the street because he fell into a phishing scam and he is responsible for uh, cybersecurity. It happens to anyone. Don't worry. Yeah, it's, it, it's the thing that was so crazy 
is it really looked like Verizon's interface, right? Because I have the app, I know what the interface, now I'm giving away, I'll have to bleep that out on the, where who I'm taking, where I get my, uh, where I get my cell service. But uh, like, it looked like their interface. Yeah, like, Bradley, they are very good. Uh, actually, there's something about cybersecurity that we always believe that the fraudster is, uh, is a no one. But actually, they are very good at their job. If they were working on our side, the world would be a better place because oh, yeah. there's something that is very interesting about phishing scams that is related to brand abuse. And that is something that we find thousands every day. It's hard to create a phishing website. Uh, it's not anyone that knows how to do a good website, the design, the domain. So you see that they are concerned on how they're going to do this. Actually, the fraudster created a net where they sell hacks on how to create the phishing scams. Wow. And they teach each other. They have this net in uh, groups on Telegram, on WhatsApp, in any, uh, many different places that they show each other how to do this. And actually, they even um, they have a, um, a thing called, um, let me just remember the name just a second, uh, Fishing as a Service. So it's a PAAS, like a SaaS, but a FAS. So they have this Fishing as a Service when they create a phishing website, but they don't want to operate it on a daily basis. They don't want to get the, the, the name and the data that they found and use it. So they rent it to other fraudsters wow. and the smaller fraudster pays a monthly bill for them to use their phishing scam or like a participation on the money he gets with the scams. So it's an, it's elaborated. It's a big scam and that's why it's hard to get them because they're very smart. So we need to search on a daily basis if they created new phishing scams, if anything changed, uh, they also create websites that do not have your logo or specifically the name of your brand, but it's there. It's created. It's very beautiful. And when you search for it, uh, when your clients search for it, they're not going to find you. But uh, on a specific event like Black Friday or Christmas or any other uh, day that it's important for the website to be 100%, they go there, they change the domain just a little bit, uh, they adjust the website that they have already done, and then they put a lot of money on it. So it's going to be the first one there on, on Google. And then uh, the entire environment that you created for your big day is going to be ruined by one single website uh, before yours. And your clients are going to lose money, call you, complain, and well, you're going to, to deal with this. Have you ever approached Google in the sense that I thought that they check, I mean, not for fraud, but like they, they look to see that the ad is matching up with where it's sending you. And because it's digital, if I'm Amazon, right? And someone puts out Bamazon and tries to mm -hmm. get at the top of the list, can't they see that the domain that they're sending them to is not Amazon? Even, even like just in their system, it doesn't need to be a human looking for it. Like I'm kind of surprised mm -hmm. by that. Yeah. Uh, in theory, yes. And in theory, they say they do this, but it's not perfect. Um, and if it is a small change on the domain or something like a caps lock, I pretending to be an L or something like this, they can. 
but sometimes it's more um, subtle than this. It's a word in the definition of what this link is, the first text that goes after the link. And sometimes the fraud, it's not on the domain, uh, but it, let me give you an example. There is a client of ours that is a big um, retail website on fashion and they sell boots. So their website doesn't have the name boots on it, it has the name of the brand. But the fraudster did this scam and they were the first one on Google saying prettier boots ever. So how could Google know that this would be a phishing scam to other brand? But the client, he associates boots with the, the brand. He knows and he sees uh, that the website is perfect. It has the logo, it has the name of the official brand, but the domain doesn't. So this would be a warning for the client, but Technically, how Google would see this, you know? Mm -hmm. Does it answer your question, brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, right. My next, my next question or thought here would be, what can you do as a brand, right? Like, you can't, you can't police everyone. How, how do you do? You, or should you be going on Google and doing these searches? And if you see someone impersonating you, but even then, what do you? do do you mm -hmm. contact google do you contact who what what yeah. how do you defend yourself from this well there are two ways of approaching this one is more reactive and the other is more proactive usually smaller brands tend to be more reactive because they don't have money and resources to go proactively so let me start on this and then we skip to the other well well um First of all, it's important to be uh, aware that your clients need to know who you are, where you're officially. So um, to register your uh, social media with the, the check, right? To show that you're, you are you, to uh, post on the social media. So if there are fake profiles happening, if you received any communication regarding that, if any clients call to know or to tell you that they fell on a scam, let the other clients know so they won't fall into the same thing. And then um, if you have a website or a fake profile in your hands that you know that it's not you, it's a fraud, you need to contact the hoster of this threat. If it's in social media, let me give you the example on Instagram that is uh, in volume what we see most here on a daily basis in brand abuse. Um, and there is a place on Instagram support that you can send a request to them to take this down. The official name of removing a brand abuse is takedown. It's a, a technical name, but it's basically, basically shutting down a threat. So you get in touch with Instagram and you need to fill a form that's actually kind of a boring process, but very important to do. Showing them that you are the official brand, that you have the power to talk and in the name of that brand, uh, that you have your brand registered and that there is someone using your name and creating promotions or anything without your permission. Instagram has a, a time to evaluate this. They have 24 hours and then they're going to see if they're going to take it down or if it's not a valid request. Because sometimes people ask for takedowns that shouldn't be takedowns. So Instagram has this double check. And well, basically you should do this. And in this meantime, let your clients know that there are scams going on. The same process happens on Facebook, on LinkedIn. Yeah, there are fake um, job promotions on LinkedIn. So 
Brand abuse can happen anywhere. Also on marketplaces with counterfeit products, that's a huge threat. I also have very interesting numbers to talk about this, uh, but counterfeits and brand abuse inside marketplaces is also a huge problem for retail. And in every hoster, um, if it's a website or a social media, uh, you have this way of getting in touch with them, the support and requesting one takedown. But well, when we talk about uh, volume, this is impossible to do with 10, 100, 1,000 threads a day. So basically, this works for smaller companies. But when we talk about big brands, I give the example of Amazon, it's thousands of threads every day. So it's impossible to deal with this manually. And that's why uh, solutions as brand abuse by clear sale exist. They find it and they send the request to the platforms automatically. So basically what bigger companies need to do is to find the threats proactively without the customer falling into the scam and getting in touch with them uh, and then taking this kind of thing down. So that's where uh, we talk about our product, that it's brand abuse. Think like um, a radar. So when you are uh, at the airport, you see all this, this radar searching for planes that do not have uh, the power to be there. So it's basically the same process, but with other websites. There are solutions, either ClearSale or other companies that are able to read the internet, to scan new websites, new profiles on social media, new ads on marketplaces. Basically, we are reading everything everywhere. And we know when your company name, logo, photo, um, the, well, many different information and parameters regarding your brand, they exist on the place that they shouldn't be. And then we are going to let you know, we have a platform to give this information to our clients, to let them know that, hey, this website here has your logo, but is he a partner? Can, can he do this? He's requesting the credential of your clients, but is this correct? And if not, take, take this down automatically. So basically, um, this is a proactive action that you can do if, to protect your brand, to avoid that the clients lose trust and that they give away their information that are going to be used against your own company to fraudsters. Okay. Yeah, so I was actually going to ask you that. Um, it's an mm -hmm. interesting thing. It sounds like you do ultimately have a human who's looking at this because I was going to mention what happens if I do a partnership with someone and, and they have permission to use my mm -hmm. logo on their site. That's obviously extremely common in certainly in marketing circles. Definitely. Um, yeah. So you're telling me that all of these decisions are ultimately still resting with a human. It's more the AI is flagging which ones seem suspect. Yeah, Bradley, yes and no at the same time. Because this can be a possibility if the, the company wants to, but we can do this automatically, but we need to trust on a safe list. So in the first moment, before start doing the takedowns, we need to create a safe list. Okay. So we put together all the partners and the official uh, websites and the profiles and anything that uh, has the power to talk in the name of your brand. So we put together the safe list. It goes like a flag to our robot that is searching for threats every day. And before taking anything down, he's going to check. Is this official? Is this on the safe list? 
And if it is, nothing is going to happen. But if it's not, all the requests of the takedowns are going to be sent to the hosters. And then 24 hours or less later, it's going to be offline. How do the how do the platforms like Instagram, Facebook, Google, do they find your service to be complementary with the, to what they're doing? As in they're kind of you're kind of increasing the security of their platform for them for free. Um, or do they view it more as you're creating more work for them because you're sending off all these requests automatically that, you know, a human would never be able to do. Yeah, I believe that both, Bradley, because <laughs> we are increasing the security of the platform, but it does give them more things to do, right? But um, So they haven't they pushed back lost. on you, I guess is what I meant. They never. haven't come to you and say, hey, no. with all these requests, <laughs> like stop no no, never no in the end they want a platform that is safe they want the clients to trust in the the platform the social media and be there because if they are constantly falling on scam they're going to skip to the other right uh so they are partners here uh Mm -hmm. we do have a very strong connection with meta with well hundreds of uh hosters of websites all over the world so Clear sale is able to connect with them technically and show them that, hey, uh, we have a client here that uh, has this threat. Please see this and take this down. And then they already trust in our communication. We are partners with them. And then they're going to remove it. And we're going to let our clients know that their brand is okay now, that nothing wrong is happening out there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I assume that, I mean, it's inevitable that mistakes are made. Can you take me through Mm -hmm. what happens when you flag, you send a takedown request, and then it turns out that this was a legitimate person? I mean, I assume anytime you're automating, that that kind of stuff has to happen, I would think. Definitely. We always search to do the smallest amount of mistakes as possible, but we know that 100% is not a, a real thing, right? We cannot promise that. But it has happened before to take down like a, a partner of a retail website that we protect. And if it happens, if we detect the mistake in less than three days, we are able to remove the takedown request. So we are able to avoid the phishing that is actually not a phishing, right? To avoid the website to be offline. So it has happened to send the first request but we are able to correct our own mistake in time to avoid the site going down. Gotcha. Okay. And mm-hmm. I, I have to give you a shout out for saying Meta. I'm. I am. I, I. I still go by Facebook, which I know is not. You know, you're supposed to call it Meta and X now. Uh huh. But, but I am a millennial, Bradley. Me too. Like, I yeah. Can't, <laughs> I, it's like now you're old. Like in ten years, it's gonna be like you're so old. You still remember. Facebook and Twitter instead of Meta and X. Exactly. (laughs) I'm struggling with X, but I'll get there. I I think the whole world is, honestly, side note, having nothing to do with fraud. I I don't know Mm -hmm. anyone in internal communications that refers to it as X. Everyone's just like on Twitter. I'm putting it on Twitter. Exactly. Actually, uh, (laughs) when we talk about this, uh, X or Twitter is actually the hardest platform to remove threats, you know? After all these changes that they have been through in the last months, it's actually a very complicated relationship that sure. uh, security platforms, not only ClearSale, but 
a bunch of us um, have with them because everything changed. People were laid off. I know, and... they let go of like three quarters of the company or something. Exactly. So they have less human power to create this uh, steps of security. Yeah. So this is a, just an interesting fun fact to, to know that X uh, makes our life a little bit harder. <laughs> well, this this is my my every episode shout out to Elon. Come on the podcast. Come on the podcast, Elon. One day, we'll talk. one day. We'll talk yeah. about it. You're always welcome. You're always welcome. Um, and now he's removing all my accounts. <laughs> yeah. And now, oh, there goes everyone's Twitter account. I mean, X account. I mean. X account. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> your X account is now an X account. Get it? Your, your X is now. <laughs> Yeah, I got it, Bradley. Okay. I got it. Was that a dad joke? I feel like that was a definitely joke. terrible it was, one. It was a borderline dad joke. So, <laughs> well, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. This this flew by. I can't believe uh, how, wow. how quickly the time. Very went. fast. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, and it is. It's a. It's a big problem, and I. I assume it's only going to get bigger. So. It's exciting to see the industry innovating and and finding new ways to help people um, that that are being targeted in new and different ways all the time. Um, yeah, so. it's very sad to to say this, but every year uh, the volume of threats online is a hundred percent bigger. So we do need to get new solutions to understand what's going on in this market. And wow, if anyone that is listening to this or um, read this anywhere, feel free to get in touch. Uh, we do have a lot to share. We are learning a lot in this cybersecurity environment. So it was a pleasure being here, Bradley. And you. if you need anything, if you fall into another, another phishing yeah, scam, say. let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll end it on that. <laughs> we'll let you sign off, tell everyone where they can find you on the web. And then we'll, uh, yeah. we'll call it a day. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, feel free to get in touch with me on LinkedIn. My name is Beatriz Tomais. It's going to be written down here somewhere. And also check ClearSale website when you can read more about our solutions, how the brand protection by ClearSale works. And if you want even a free trial, you can see how it, how it goes. Okay. Amazing. Bye-bye, guys. Thanks. Take care.